Hello everyone. Welcome to Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. Thank you for joining me on tonight. Uh, we have a good lesson today. Um, if this is your first time coming to the program, here we read the scriptures together. We make sure we understand what we're reading and we make application to our lives. And I post a new video by every Wednesday. Sometimes the videos are up as, as late as Tuesday evening. So glad that you joined me. And if you subscribe to the channel called Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda, You'll be notified every time a new video is posted. And of course, as always, any comments or questions that you have are always welcome. Uh, comments about the lesson, whether I said something um, that you didn't understand or something that you want me to clarify more, definitely do the research for you and get the answer back to you. Uh, and you can uh, submit your questions or comments in the YouTube section or either on the Facebook section of comments. But last week we went through an abbreviated uh, genealogy showing us uh, who the Levites were because, and we, we talked about, we went through that because Moses and Aaron, who were brothers, and Miriam, who was their sister, all came from the tribe of Levi. And we talked about how, um, um, what we read about how important that's going to be. That's going to be important because the Levites are going to be uh, the priest of the tabernacles. God's going to use them. He's going to choose them to do the work in the tabernacle, which we're going to learn about later on. And then we also talked about in chapter seven of how um, Aaron's staff turned to a snake and uh, devoured the other snake, showing that God is more powerful than anything else. Uh, no matter what kind of uh, power you think you have, God is more powerful. And then we talked about the very first plague. The very first plague was the plague of the water turning into blood. So today we're going to be discussing more of the plagues because remember there's 10 of them and um, we'll be reading chapter 8 where we'll start talking about the plague of frogs. So let's just start with the word of prayer. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come in today and be the teacher. We love you, we honor you, we appreciate you. Lord, we recognize that we are nothing without you. You're, you're my strength, you're my song, you are everything, oh God, and we appreciate you. And we ask that you would have your way on this evening. Show us those things that we need to see. Enlighten us, Holy Spirit. We need you every moment of the hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. So let's just jump right in here. <clears throat> now, just as a, a quick little review, in chapter five, we talked about what, well, that was the first meeting between Moses and Aaron and Pharaoh. That was the very first time they met with him. And remember, it didn't go so well. Uh, in fact, Pharaoh made things worse and he refused to let the people go. And which is just what God said was going to happen. And in verse three, chapter three, verse 19, where God says, but I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go. This is when he was talking to Moses before they went. I know the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So before they even went to Pharaoh, uh, God knew and God told Moses that Pharaoh was not going to let you go. So God already knew that Pharaoh was going to have a hard heart, that Pharaoh was going to be stubborn. And you can understand Pharaoh being stubborn because this is his money. Uh, you're, you're trying to tell him that he needs to get rid of all these, these two million slaves that are building a city for him, that have built a city for him, 
and are doing all kinds of uh, labor for him and you want him to let all that go and he thinks he's a god and you're telling him another god wants him to do this so yeah he's not he's not taking it lying down he's not just gonna roll over right now and god knows that but it's going to be interesting that god knows how stubborn that pharaoh is and so it explains a little bit more to us why god said and he's going to say in a few chapters down uh in chapter nine after the plague of, of boils it's going to say that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And that'll be the first time we'll see that. Before, it's always Pharaoh refused, Pharaoh refused on his own. So God, in essence, kind of blocked him into that stubbornness, uh, blocked him into that posture. Block, you know, It's kind of like he froze him there. I want you to stay just the way you are so I can show all my signs and wonders, all my miracles, and so I can bring all these plagues on Egypt so they can see who the true God is. I need to do this. So your stubbornness is going to work to my advantage right now. I'm going to use your stubbornness, Mr. Pharaoh, uh, to show forth my plagues. Huh? So this is what, what's going on. So anyway, the first time they went was in chapter 5. And, of course, he, he refused to let the people go. And he made things worse for them and said they were going to have to make brick without straw. And they had to find their own straw. So the people were, were upset. The people were a little bitter and, and, you know, a little depressed about that. Moses got a little depressed about that and went to the Lord. Uh, you know, what's going on? You know, I guess Moses thought as soon as he told him to let, let the people go, that, you know, that he would see a little more something. But God had already warned Moses. So I'm not really sure why Moses is really uh, stressed. I guess because the people are stressed. But um, in chapter six, we have a whole dialogue between God and Moses where God is saying who he is and what he's going to do. I am Yahweh. So basically, you, you watch and see what I'm going to do now. Okay, this is what uh, what Pharaoh is saying, but you watch and see what I'm, how I'm going to answer this now. And, and God will answer. Indeed, we're going to see that in the next few chapters. Um, so then God ordered them to return to Pharaoh after their... their they're, what they consider was a failure. In God's eyes, it wasn't a failure, which again uh, should teach us something because sometimes when we think we failed, things are just the way God wanted them to be because uh, it wasn't a failure. The, everything was falling into place just like God wanted it to be. So in chapter 7, when God ordered them to return to Pharaoh, this time they returned to Pharaoh and Aaron's uh, staff becomes a serpent. And we talked about how his serpent was greater than... Um, the, the magicians who turned their staffs into serpents and Aaron's serpents swallowed theirs up. So Aaron was able to, um, so the magicians were able to duplicate uh, this act that Aaron had done. So then further in, in chapter seven, that's when we had the very first plague where God turned the water into blood right in front of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh again refused to let the people go, but the magicians were also able to duplicate that plague, the first plague. Okay, so let's just start reading. We're going to start reading in chapter 8. I'm going to actually, I'm going to read from both Bibles a little bit tonight because <clears throat> it's one of the plagues that I prefer to read in the, New, in the King James Version. But we're going to start from the New Living Translation in verse 8. So then the Lord said to Moses, Go back to Pharaoh and announce to him, This is what the Lord says Let my people go so they can worship me. And if you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs across your entire land. So God's warning him what he's getting ready to do if you don't let him go. 
The Nile River will swarm with frogs. They will come up out of the river into your palace, even into your bedroom and into your bed. They will enter your houses of your officials and your people. They will even jump into your ovens and your kneading trials. Frogs will jump on you, you, your people, and all your officials. So it's going to be frogs throughout the whole land. In verse 5, So then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, Raise the staff in your hand over all the rivers, canals, ponds of Egypt, and bring forth frogs over all the land. So Aaron raised his hand over the waters of Egypt, and frogs came up and covered the whole land. Now, I want you to see it says the whole land. So I, I believe at this point, uh, because we haven't been told any different, uh, that it was the whole land of Egypt, including the land of Goshen. There was frogs that, came, that they saw as well. Uh, even with the water turned into blood, they turned water into blood over the whole land of Egypt. So I believe the, the Israelites saw that uh, plague take place as well, even in Goshen. It doesn't tell us uh, specifically. But the reason why I say it, because when God decided he was not going to show, uh, allow the plague to harm uh, his people in his people in Goshen, it was said specifically. We don't see that said with the plague of the blood, water turned into blood. And neither do we see it with the plague of frogs. But God said uh, it, Goshen would not have uh, frogs in their land. So I'm assuming that the frogs were there as well. Verse 7. But the musicians were able to do the same thing with their magic. They too caused frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. So they were able to duplicate it. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and begged, plead, plead with the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people. Now when I read that, uh, how Pharaoh begged Moses to take the frogs away. Uh, it didn't tell us here in the Bible, but I'm wondering if Pharaoh, since his musicians were able to duplicate the plague, if his musicians didn't try also to get rid of the frogs. You know, if he turned to them first and, and asked them to get rid of the frogs. It doesn't tell us that here. And uh, because if he did and saw they couldn't do it, that could be why he, okay, I better call Moses and Aaron to get rid of these frogs because he pleaded with them to take the frogs away from him and his people. And he said, I will let you go. You, I will let your people go so they can offer sacrifices to the Lord. In other words, if you get rid of these frogs. Verse nine, you set the time, Moses replied. Again, this is important because Pharaoh needs to see that this was not something that we set up or that was pre-planned. You get to even set the time the frogs leave. So you can see they're going to leave at that precise time that you set up, knowing that God did this. Tell me when you want me to pray for you, your officials and your people. Then you and your houses will be rid of the frogs. Then they will remain only in the Nile River. Do it tomorrow, Pharaoh said. Why he said tomorrow instead of today? I don't know, because I would have probably definitely said do it now. Uh, but he said do it tomorrow. All right, Moses replied, it will be as you have said. Then you will know that there is one, no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you and your houses, your officials, and your people. They will remain only in the Nile River. So Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh's palace, and Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs and he, that he had inflicted on Pharaoh. And the Lord did just what Moses had predicted. See how God and Moses are working together hand in hand? That's how God wants to work with us. Uh, we listen to what God's saying. We do what God tells us to do. God listens to us. He wants to work 
with us. He wants to co-labor with us. Verse 13, he wants to, he wants to use us, in other words. Uh, yes, God could have just snapped his fingers and he could have killed Pharaoh and did what he wanted to do without using Moses and Aaron, but this is the way he chose to do it. I'm going to do it through my servants. And this is what he chose to move in the earth right now, in our day and time. He wants to do it through us. What he's doing, he's doing it through us. This is the way he has chosen to do it. Verse 13, and the Lord did just what Moses had predicted. The frogs in the house and the courtyards and the fields all died. The Egyptians piled them into great heaps and a terrible stench filled the land. But when Pharaoh saw that relief had come, he became stubborn. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had predicted. And again, just, just another note here that uh, frogs represented, um, it's something that they call the Egyptians considered sacred. And as we go through each one of these plagues, we're not going to list the particular gods that uh, that were defeated with that plague. But just know every plague, because I, I just don't want to give the the fake gods with a little G any any power, you know, by trying to name them all, name them all off. Because uh, the fact of the matter is that Israel, uh, I mean, the Egyptians had many gods. They served many gods. They had God of the, of the water, God of the the, the crops. Uh, you know, they had God, God of everything, God of the sun. Um, so, you know, they had a whole lot of gods and every plague that we are saying came against a lot of those gods. Okay. So in verse 16, it's talking about the plague of lice. Now here it says in the New Living Translation, yours will say the plague of nets. Uh, the King James Version says the plague of lice. I prefer the plague of lice because when you actually look that up in the concordance, uh, which I did. Um, that plague could be the original Hebrew word for, uh, for the for the nets was it could be either nets in some instances or lice, and so if you see either one of those words according to the translation, uh, both of those words are correct. Uh, but I think here in this instance it would be used as lice, and the reason why I say that because when I give you the definition of lice. And you see when we read about it, but lice are parasites. It's it's a parasitic uh, insect, parasitic insect that feeds on blood. This is what lice is. Nets is a fly-like insect that's found near water and drains, and it feeds off plants. So you're going to see how these lice connected themselves to the animals and to humans. So that they can suck the blood, so they can feed off the blood. So this is why I said I believe it's lice. Okay, so we're in. Uh, I'm reading in the King James Version, in verse 16, chapter 8, verse 16. It says, and the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch out thy rod and smite the dust of the land, that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Now notice here that the God did not give Pharaoh a warning with this one. He just told, Pharaoh, uh, told Moses to do this. Just stretch out your hand. And he actually is creating insects from the sand, from the dust. He's creating these insects. Stretch out thy rod and smite the dust of the land that it may become lice throughout the land, all the land of Egypt. And they did so. For Aaron stretched out his hand and with his rod and smote the dust of the earth, and it became lice in men and in beasts. 
So these lights are living on men and beasts. They're sucking their blood. They're, um, they're living off, they're feeding off their blood. All the dust of the land became lights throughout all the land of Egypt. And musicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth light. So they tried to with that, they tried to do their use their magic to create some light. So we can do that too. But they could not do it. Only God can create. God can create, but they could not do it. So there were lice upon men and upon beasts. Verse 19. Then the magician said unto Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. So now they're believing it's God because what they can't do this. They don't know how God did this, but they can't they can't recreate it. So it has to be God. It has to be a, a bigger God, a mightier God than what we know. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. And the God said Pharaoh was not gonna let them go no matter what. Still buying into the Lord's plan. God has a master plan. Okay, so in verse 20, we're going to go back to um, the New Living Translation. Verse 20, and says, and Then the Lord told Moses, Get up early in the morning and stand in Pharaoh's way as he goes down to the river. Now, Pharaoh seemed like he went to this river quite often because this is what he... He's doing it. God told Moses to kind of intercept him and say to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so they can worship me. And if you refuse, then I will send swarms of flies on you. He's getting a warning. I'm going to send swarms of flies on you, your officials, your people, and all the houses. The Egyptians' homes will be filled with the flies and the ground will be covered with them. But this time I will spare the region of Goshen. So this is the first time we saw God say this with this particular plague, because he said this time, no, Goshen is not going to have flies. Where my people, I will spare the people of Goshen where my people live. No flies will be found there. Then you will know that I am the Lord and that I am present even in the heart of your land. I will make a clear distinction between my people and your people. This miraculous sign will happen very specific, tomorrow. And the Lord did as he had said. A thick swarm of flies filled Pharaoh's palace and the houses of his officials. And the whole land of Egypt was thrown into chaos by the flies. Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron. All right, go ahead, offer sacrifice to your God, he said. But do it here in this land. So Pharaoh still thinks he's the boss. He's still trying to be God, trying to dictate what God said. Verse 26. But Moses replied, that would not be right. The Egyptians detest the sacrifices that we offer to the Lord our God. Look, if we offer our sacrifices here where the Egyptians can see us, they will stone us. We must take a three-day trip into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God just as he has commanded us. So Pharaoh, you're not dictating this because the Egyptians did detest the Hebrews and you'll find that in Genesis chapter 43, verse 32 and chapter 46, Verse 34, where it tells us about how the Egyptians um, hated, hated the children of Israel and detested them. Uh, so anyway, this is the fourth plague, the plague of flies. And so when he told, um, verse 29, 28, when uh, Moses told him he couldn't do it because the Egyptians were going to uh, hate stone them if they see them sacrificing because the Egyptians worship animals and they didn't want to see them doing all the sacrificing. 
Verse 28, all right, go ahead, Pharaoh replied. I will let you go into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God, but don't go too far. Now hurry and pray for me. In other words, pray and get these flies out of here. You know, I'm, I, I want them gone. Moses answered, as soon as I leave you, more specific, I will pray to the Lord and tomorrow the swarms of flies will disappear from you and your officials and all your people. But I'm warning you, Pharaoh, don't lie to us again and refuse to let the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. So Moses left Pharaoh's palace and pleaded with the Lord to remove all the flies. And the Lord did as Moses had asked and caused the swarms of flies to disappear from Pharaoh, his officials, and his people. Not a single fly remained. But Pharaoh again became stubborn, all on his own, and refused to let the people go. Verse 9, now we're going to talk about the livestock. Go back to Pharaoh, the Lord commanded Moses, and tell him this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says. Let my people go so they can worship me. And if you continue to hold them and refuse to let them go, the hand of the Lord will strike all your livestock, your horses, your donkeys, your camels, your cattle, your sheep and goats with a deadly plague. But the Lord will again... Here's it again. Make a distinction between the livestock of the Israelites and, and that of the Egyptians. Not a single one of Israel animals will die. The Lord has already set the time for the plague to begin. He has declared that he will strike the land tomorrow. So uh, uh, Pharaoh's got a warning. He got a warning about this one. The plague of livestock, the, the disease on the livestock. Verse 6. And the Lord did just as he had said. The next morning, all the livestock of the Egyptians died. But the Israelites didn't lose a single animal. Pharaoh sent his, his officials to investigate. So they went to check it out because God had told them they wasn't, the Israelites' animals weren't going to be touched. And they discovered that the Israelites had not lost a single animal. But even so, Pharaoh's heart remained stubborn. And he refused to let the people go. This is of his own free will. He's still deciding, no, I'm still not going to do it. Then the plague of festering boils in verse 8. So then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, take handfuls of soot from a, from a brick kiln, K-I-L-N, and have Moses toss it into the air while Pharaoh watches. So they didn't get, he didn't get a warning about the boils. God just told Moses to do this. Take, take these ashes and throw them up, and they're going to turn into boils on the people. The ashes were spread like fine dust over the whole land of Egypt, causing festering boils to break out of, on people and animals throughout the land. So they took soot from a, a brick kiln and went and stood before Pharaoh. As Pharaoh watched, so they did this right in his presence so he could see, Moses threw the soot into the air and the boils broke out on people and animals alike. Even the musicians were unable to stand before Moses because the boils had broken out on them and all the Egyptians. Now, when we talk about these boils, I don't know if you ever had a boil before, but I've had one before. That's a painful, painful thing. Uh, and the definition of boil, boil is a painful, pus-filled bump under the skin caused by infected inflamed hair follicles and so it, it, it can get very big i've seen people with big boils uh huge boils i know some people that are, are uh, plagued with boils on a regular basis and it's no picnic 
So this is what attacked the children of Israel. And this was the sixth plague and they had no warning. This was the plague of boils. But, but I want you to notice though in verse 12, like it says, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, just as the Lord had predicted to Moses, Pharaoh refused to listen. So now the Lord is stepping in and before we never, we didn't read it where it says the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart until this particular plague, plague of boils. So God wants to make sure Pharaoh stays in this position because um, God still wants to show forth his glory. He still wants to show forth what he's going to do and what he can do. Now, the plague of hell, just trying to see how much time we have here. Let's go into the plague of hell. We're going to read about it. I don't know if we're going to get finished with this. The plague of hell. Then the Lord said to Moses, get up, in verse 13, get up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews said. Let my people go so they can worship me. And if you don't, I will send more plagues on you and your officials and your people. Then you will know that there is no one like me in all the earth. So God's about to tell us, give Pharaoh a special message before this plague of hell comes. And the plague of hell is the seventh plague. But uh, because this is what God tells him. That you're going to know there's no one like me in the earth. Also in verse 15, it says, By now I could have lifted my hand and struck you and your people with a plague to wipe you off the face of the earth. So God's trying to tell him, look, you're dealing with God. This is not peon. This is the God of all creation. I could have killed you a long time ago, Pharaoh. Verse, verse 16. But I have spared you for a purpose. This is why God has spared him. This is why God allowed his heart to stay hard. To show you my power. Wow. All of this is to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. So God is doing all these plays and a lot of these plays because he wants to show Pharaoh, you think you're a God, but you're not a God. And I'm going to show you that you're not a God because I'm, I'm God. I'm almighty. I'm Yahweh. And not only is he going to show Pharaoh, but God wants all the other land, everybody else around to know that Israel's God is a bad God. You don't want to mess with Israel's God because he's awesome and he's mighty. He says he's going to spread his fame throughout all the earth. And, and why is this important? Because think about it. He's taking Israel on a journey and they're going to be possessing their land. So they, if they want their enemies to tremble when they come. And, oh, this is the same God that sent those plagues on Egypt. Oh my gosh, he's, this God is coming and we better, you know, he wants fear to grip these people. So they said when he sent his people out to conquer the land, that the people will be afraid. So God's got, you know, God sees way past what we see. And he knows what he's doing. So that was one of the purposes of all these plagues. Verse 17. Do you, but you still, Lord, over my people, is after I've done all these uh, miracles in front of you, and you refuse to let them go. So tomorrow, at this time, I will send a hailstorm more devastating than any in all of the history of Egypt. But then God gave him grace. He says, quick, verse 19, order your livestock and your servants to come in from the fields to find shelter because any person or animal left outside will die with hell, with the hell, when the hail falls. Verse 20, some of Pharaoh's officials were afraid because of what the Lord had said. And they quickly brought their 
servants and livestock in from the field. So some of them were smart enough to know, you know, everything that this God has said has happened and come, and come to pass. I better get my animals into shelter. I better tell my servants they need to come in because this hailstorm is coming. But there was others who paid no attention to the word of the Lord and left their animals and their servants out in the open. And the Lord said to Moses, lift your hand toward the sky so that hail may fall on the people, the livestock and all the plants throughout the land of Egypt. So Moses lifted his staff toward the sky and the Lord sent thunder and hail and lightning flashed toward the earth. And the Lord sent a tremendous hailstorm against all the land of Egypt. Never in all the history of Egypt had there been a storm like that with such devastating hail and continuous lightning. It left all of Egypt in ruins. The hail struck down everything in the open field, people, animals, and plants alike. Even the trees were destroyed. The only place without hail, God made distinction again, was the region of Goshen, where the people of Israel lived. Verse 27, and the Lord, then Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron. And this time he said, I have sinned, he confessed. The Lord is the righteous one. It's the first time Pharaoh says he has sinned. And the Lord is the righteous one and my people and I are wrong. Please beg the Lord to end this terrifying thunder and hail. We've had enough. I will let you go. You don't need to stay any longer. So Moses says, all right. Moses replied, as soon as I leave the city, I will lift my hands and pray to the Lord. Then the thunder and the hail will stop and you will know that the earth belongs to the Lord. But I know you and your officials still do not fear the Lord. So Moses knows the Pharaoh still is going to harden his heart because God has told him. Verse 31, all the flax and the barley were ruined by the hail because the barley had formed heads and the flax was budding. But the wheat and the emerald wheat was spared because they had not yet sprouted from the ground. So all of their all of their crops were not ruined at this point. Verse 33. So Moses left Pharaoh's court and went out of the city. And when he lifted his hands to the Lord, the thunder and the hail stopped and the downpour ceased. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain, hail and the thunder had stopped, he and his officials sinned again. And Pharaoh became, again became stubborn because his heart was hard. Pharaoh refused to let the people leave, just as the Lord had predicted through Moses. So, amen. So, that was a plague of hell. Uh, we're going to stop there with that one. Uh, and and just, just see how God protected his people. And just know that if you belong to God, he's going to protect you. He's going to protect you. A lot of things that happen to other people, that uh, the, some of the plagues and things that come upon the earth, God is going to look out for his people and keep us safe amen and even if we are attacked with it he's still going to take care of us even in the middle of the devastation because he's god he's just god all by himself so we need to learn how to trust god even when thing we see things coming upon the earth because how many of you know we haven't seen anything yet and it's going to keep on coming amen amen so if you have not accepted christ into your heart please go into my channel called reading through the bible with elder linda uh, there's a playlist on that channel called The Sinner's Prayer that will teach you why you need Jesus. And there's also another video on there called Teaching About Salvation that will teach you about your salvation experience. So please turn your life over to the Lord because it's easy. It's not hard. It's as simple as saying, Father, forgive me. Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. It's just that simple. Amen. Amen. And, and, and tell God what you need. 
You know, if you're hurting on tonight, you can ask him to heal your wounds, heal your hurts, and he'll be right there to do that. He hears your, your slightest cry because he's God. Amen. Amen. Let's just say a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for all those listening. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would touch the lives of those listening. Father, that you would go into every home, Lord, and meet whatever need there is. Father, because we know you're a great God. You're an awesome God. That you always see us. That you always know what we're going through. Father, teach us how to cry out to you and to call upon your name. And we'll be careful to give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you next week.